This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Pastor Michael, I love the question that we have for us today. Can a church be void of the Holy Spirit? I guess if that church is filled with non-Christians, the answer would be yes. Yeah. So I do think there is a misnomer in the question, um, not from the person asking, but like I think a common a common misnomer misnomer would be that the Holy Spirit um, indwells in locations. So, for example, um, this church is anointed, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, if I go to this place, like the Holy Spirit is especially special, like he works like specially there, in a you know? place. When you know the reality is the location of the Holy Spirit is resident inside of those who trusted in Jesus Christ. So. Right. The question, I think, is really good, and just want to make sure that anybody listening can kind of just take this category out. The Holy Spirit does not like certain places. He likes the certain place of the human being who's trusted in Jesus Christ. That being said, what this person is trying to get to, I believe, is that there are some churches that you go in, and it could either be a worship experience that is dry and flat and you just feel like there's this oppressive cloud, right? Or you go to a church that is nasty, like Mm, gossipy, bickering, and people are not being saved or changed. And it feels like there's a negative like spiritual trajectory there. So let's just, in case they're asking about the first one. So, you know, you and me have been in churches. We've been a village church when we're like, wow, that was really lackluster experience. Right. It was just flat. For some reason, it just did not feel like it should have felt. Right. And what we know as people who are kind of behind the scenes is that it can just be a bad sound mix. Yes. And the entire experience can really be frustrating, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And you can have a really, really great mix and it can change the entire emotional environment of the room in the morning. That's right. And um, then there, there are just you can have a great sound mix and um, the sermon may just kind of fall flat and people will say, eh, it just didn't feel like the Holy Spirit was there. Yeah. And and what they actually mean is that emotionally they weren't pumped about, but they didn't have like an emotional reaction to it. And I think right. sometimes we, com- we, we compare that to the Holy Spirit, which yeah. may or may not be the case. Yeah. The Holy Spirit may not be equal to our feelings. Correct. But I do want to say this because um, there can be an anti-production sentiment that comes out in people. And uh, we are wired to respond to experiences and well-produced Absolutely. events. And this goes, I mean, God knows this. This goes all the way back to the way that God would orchestrate and organize temple worship. That's right. Um, it was very produced. It mm-hmm. was very experiential. And so there is a very powerful part of the human experience that when something is produced in the right way, um, it, it taps into emotions right. and responses. And I'm more likely to respond positively when I feel emotionally. Mm-hmm. So I think God is a genius, and I, and I don't think there needs to be a, like a reaction to this production sentiment. So what I know on a Sunday morning is when we are putting together worship services, um, I do want to create and be a part of something that is wise in, in, we'll say, disarming people and creating a safe emotional environment where people can feel. Because when we're emotional, we're more responsive. 
Absolutely. When our heart is hard and our emotions are not tapped into, we're just less responsive. So even sometimes I do think there are some people who can just sing so beautifully and you give them the right mix so that all of the right tones and melodies are drawn out and emphasized in the right way. People respond emotionally. It's why God made music because we respond emotionally to music. And so from a production perspective, uh, I know what I want to do is be a, a part of a production team that facilitates the healthiest reactions emotionally. I don't want to manipulate. I want to facilitate. That's right. Some people would call it manipulation. In that case, God's a manipulator because he created music and then he created us to mm -hmm. respond emotionally to, re to music. To respond to music. So that being said, I do believe that there are some churches that are terrible at production. They do not know how to use music and teaching and and we'll just say event management mm -hmm. in such a way that taps into the emotions of of the culture that is attending that event. Yes, I totally agree with you. That is a disservice. That's sad to me. And I think what we love to do is create mixes and use gifts that really emphasize the quality of what people are bringing to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a large room, you need sound and mixing and production and all that, because without that, you're not actually able to receive and process and hear and then feel the true quality of what's being done. Now, if I'm sitting in a room with one person who's singing, I don't need all the production because right. they're right in front of me. But when yep. I'm 80 or 90 or 150 feet away, I need a production environment to help me receive and process in my five senses what is happening accurately. So I do think there are just there are a lot of churches with terrible production. They don't put a lot of effort and energy into that. They have a hyper response to high production because it's seen as manipulation. And I would just personally in Village Church rejects those sentiments, and uh, we appreciate production. That being said, let's go on the other side, Tim. Yeah, let's go. Tell me, I, I, I've not prepared you for this, so just tell me about a congregational meeting that you were in. <laughs> that I can tell you many. South. I know where you're going here. That went south. Just tell me, like, tell me a story. Like, makes no banking up. Just go back in your, right. your brain and entertain us. So many years ago, I was in a particular church that was congregationally led. And we had this meeting about the budget, which many congregational meetings are always going to come around, you know, either direction or, or money. This one happened to be about money. And uh, there was a heated discussion. I won't call it an argument, but there was a heated discussion where people's <laughs> feelings and emotions were clearly out on the table about how many rolls of toilet paper to buy this year. That's so awesome. And it was like, really, are we really getting this worked up over, really? do we buy 10 cases of toilet paper at one time, or do we only buy one at a time? <laughs> that was the discussion. And, uh, you know, the experience, you know, we were talking about experience. Yep. Clearly, uh, there was a spirit moving in this, in this meeting. I, I don't think the Holy Spirit was yep. moving, though. Wow, that's awesome. I remember one time, Tim, I really wish you could have been there, um, Kirk. Uh, Verhasselt, our uh, stewardship pastor elder, he got up and and uh, it was at a congregational meeting and he goes through all the finances for the year, where we've been, what we're doing, the mm -hmm. budget for next year. And uh, say, are there any questions? And maybe there's like one or two questions. And then he said, all right, I think that's it. And then there was a round of applause. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. so awesome. We were sitting there like, I don't know if we've ever been in a <laughs> congregational meeting where the congregation is giving the stewardship guys like a round of applause. It was a pretty epic moment. And I was in that meeting and I clearly, again, were, were you in that about, meeting? I was in oh, that meeting. Cool. What was so wonderful is that you could sense the trust that the congregation had, the confidence of, hey, our elders are managing our resources, our financial resources well. 
and no one had any questions about or there was no room for mistrust. Yep. It just it was clear. It was awesome. So, you know, you get in these congregational meetings. I remember one time it was 2000 or mid 2000, like six, seven, whatever. And uh, this guy who I know now, but I didn't know him. He goes into the congregational meeting and I'm sitting outside because I hated congregational meetings and I was the youth pastor. So it didn't mm. matter if I was there, mm-hmm. but so he comes out and he's just so angry. I can't believe these people would call themselves Christians. Oh my. I, I don't know the guy. I don't know if he's a Christian or not or whatever. I just know that he's figuring Ville church out. And so to right. figure it out, he goes to congregational meeting. And I just remember thinking, man, that is just so sad. And uh, it is not uncommon that churches devour themselves. And you're wondering, like, where is the spirit of God in these people? Mm -hmm. And we all know we're capable of it. We all know we're capable of doing dumb things. Absolutely. But the fact that that many people in the context of a church, in the context of a congregational meeting, can act so unbiblically Mm -hmm. is just so shocking. And then you could just keep playing this game out. Where where is the Holy Spirit when doctrine starts to go south? Right. You know, and— so, you know, can the can a whole church be void of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. it can. You go into some liberal totally churches who um, have false doctrine when it comes to the gospel. Uh, I do not believe the Holy Spirit is in that church. And if there is a true believer in that church, you know, he's probably pulling them out of that context. Sure. I would say, tell me if you agree. Okay. I think the Holy Spirit can leave a church alone. I agree with that too, that the Holy Spirit is just backing off and saying, okay, I'm going to wait and see. Are you mm-hmm. going to come back to biblical standards? Are you going to come back and do what Jesus said to the woman at the well in John 4, 24, where he says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So in spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit with emotion, but also with truth. There's got to be doctrinal truth that the emotion is rooted in. Mm. You can have emotion without any doctrine, and you can have doctrine without any emotion. And, and I think Jesus has given us the clear balance here. So Jesus has a um, conversation with the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. Oh, yeah. And uh, the church in Ephesus had great doctrine. But apparently they had lost affection and love for God. It became more about doing good and thinking right than it came about Jesus, who is the point. So in Revelation 2.5, Jesus says, remember, therefore, where you have fallen, repent, basically change and, and do the works you did at first. Sure. If not, I think this is great. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Here's what he's not saying. He's mm-hmm. not saying you're going to lose your salvation. No. Ephesians. What he is saying is, I will walk away from this church if you don't repent, change, or become fruitless. Yeah, I think what the person is asking, if I could really boil it down, I think this is what they're experiencing. Yeah, I think it's plausible this person comes or came from one or multiple churches mm. where you're sitting here thinking, why isn't the Holy Spirit intervening? Maybe the Holy Spirit is doing things in individual lives, but why is it corporally the whole place seems to be on a negative trajectory? Sure. And I'd, I'd point right back to Revelation chapter 2 and say there does become a point. There is a breaking point when every church is different, right? Where the Holy Spirit says, we're done. Yeah. We're done. You can keep going on a human level and that's fine. And, and I do think it's possible that at one time in the future, this church, if it decides to really repent of the core issue and put Jesus back in his place, the Holy Spirit may come back and say, all right, I, I'll use this place again. Yeah. I don't think it is an accident that the majority of liberal churches are declining in yes. number and effectiveness. Right. Why? 
Well, because they haven't repented. They haven't and the repented. Holy Spirit is yeah. like, bye-bye. He may still work in some individuals. That's not the question. That is that, not that, what John's right. talking about here. Yeah. What he's talking about is corporately, the effectiveness of the organization. That's right. That of the church, church as a whole. Could be lost. And yeah. Jesus may say, I'm just going to let you, you dwindle. Now, that being said, I really believe that this is part of the state right now of the American evangelical yep. church. Forget about liberals. Let's just talk about conservatives. I think most churches are really having to wrestle with, are we going to bring the gospel to this culture in this place in a powerful way? Or are we going to fight for our own will in our own way? Right. It's not an accident that church plants are popping up all over the places and, and established churches are closing regularly yeah. and declining. And, and it's not an accident. And I really believe this is, it's, I think it started in 2008 with the recession and it's just been an ongoing, we'll say decade of um, exposure. And I think this is what the person is experiencing. I think Jesus has, has looked at a number of evangelical churches and said, you're obsessed with your way. You're obsessed with your yeah. will. This is not about me. This is about the color of your carpet. This is not about the mission. I've given you opportunity. Yeah. And when you can get your act together, then come. I'll, I'll come back and I'll help you guys. Yeah. But there are other churches that are trying to put Jesus at the center and bring the gospel yep. to the lost. So yep. you guys all fight and do your thing. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy and you could be productive, but I'm going to go over here. Now, the person hasn't asked the question, so I'm not going to answer it. What do you do when you are convinced you're in a church that Jesus has left? Oh, yeah. That's another podcast. So I another encourage podcast. somebody to submit that question. So we have a reason to answer it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Tim, I can imagine there's a person, they're listening. And they didn't hear anything we said for the last couple of minutes about Jesus leaving churches, which is honestly the most important part of this. That's right. And the reason they didn't hear it is because they're like, he said production and that is unbiblical. Oh, that sounds like Disneyland. I know. And our goal is to be Disneyland, right? No, that's <laughs> not, not our goal. Okay. Not at all. So for, for some people that they're hung up. That is going to be a major stumbling block because they yeah. heard the word production and they think, uh, churches are trying to produce yep. some kind of theatrical or movie type experience. Right. And that's not what a church is doing. And that's not what we mean when we use the word production. Right. So I'm the young guy and you know, young guys, we're always liberal and we're always like, <laughs> we're always like succumbing to the whims of culture. And so you're the mature, godly voice of reason in this group. Well, um, if that was only true. If that, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say there's more reason in godliness and maturity. We'll give you that one, Tim. That's a, <laughs> So uh, speak to the person who's a curmudgeon about production and why is production good and helpful and biblical and right? And then I have some examples, I think, that are brewing in my brain, but you talk for a while. Well, clearly we know from scripture, God is the God of order, not disorder. And I've seen this and experienced this personally in some churches that... <laughs> They say, this is this is the, the terminology, we're not going to have an order of service. We're going to just let the spirit move. Hmm. And I'm telling you, it is disorder to the max. <laughs> and for a guy that is concerned about order and, yep. and having a structure in the service. And again, when we're talking about production in a service, we're talking about having an order of service. We're going to do yeah. this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. And, and there is an orderly fashion in which we're going to move through the liturgy, the, if you will, uh, every production worship service. order of service yes. that is That's stable, right. you know, that's right. 
And so when we're talking about, when you use the word production, I, I totally got what you were, were, where you were going. And that is, we are going to create, we are going to try to facilitate the best experience, the best orderly experience so people can engage in worship and edifying the Lord Jesus, engaging in the word of God yep. so that they can learn and understand what's being taught, that there can be no stumbling block for the person to engage with yeah. Jesus. Let me prove that the anti-production person loves production. Okay. You're in a room and worship is happening. You're in a worship center, a sanctuary, whatever, okay. the, whatever the person wants to call it. You're in the sanctuary and uh, the piano is being played. Mm -hmm. The piano is turned up all the way, top volume. Yeah. Are you upset? What, I mean, I, it's hurting yeah. your ears. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah, I would it's like, nah, 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 right? Well, that's bad production. That's bad production. Right. You're sitting in a church service and the preacher is preaching without a mic, but you're 150 feet away and you can barely pick right. up the words he's saying. Are you frustrated? Answer Absolutely. Is bad production. Yeah. So what I'm trying to tell people is you who don't like the word production, you love the you, concept of you production. You love the idea of getting yep. things right. And yep. that's when we're talking about producing a service. Yep. We're trying to get things right the best that we can yep. to bring a person from uh, the worries of the world to a point of worshiping Jesus. Focus, undistracted focus. So right. let me ask another question. A singer gets up and she is off key, Ooh. off note, fumbling over words. Yeah. Are you bothered? Yes. Answer, yes. Yes. Well, then you value production. Yeah. You value not just the right way and the right order and the right AV, audio, visual technology, the right experience, right. but you also value the right quality. A preacher gets up. He doesn't prepare his sermon very well. It kind of wings it. It's kind of a, a disjointed message. Are you upset? You're upset. Yeah. Why? Because you expect more. You value production. So every person from That's the right. quality of what they're bringing to the table to the quality of the AV experience and the room experience, et cetera, mm -hmm. you go into a church service and there are chairs stacked up against the wall and trash on the front. Are you upset? A little bit. Yeah. You value production because part of production is your environment and right. the kind of facility that you're in. And point being, don't get hung up on production. Right. But production is good. Because it removes distractions, it facilitates emotions, which softens hearts right. so that the message can be received and heard. And that ultimately that a person can experience the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. Yep. Because it's really hard to experience the work of the Holy Spirit in your life when the sound is wrong. Oh my gosh, yeah. When the preacher is unprepared, mm -hmm. when the, whoever is singing or leading is off key, there is a clear connection between the experience of the Holy Spirit working in a person's life and the surroundings. Absolutely. So the, the person listening might say, why are you talking about production when you're asking the question, can a church be void of the Holy Spirit? Well, the answer is because this question, Yeah. More, I've heard from a couple of people, oh, that the Holy Spirit is not in that church. Okay. I've heard from a ton of people, I just didn't feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in church today. Right? Yeah. That's why, That's we're, why we're talking stuck about on it. this issue. And we because a of church it. that continuously gets the production part wrong mm -hmm. will continuously hear complaints. Yep. I don't feel the Holy Spirit here. And what they're saying is, I'm distracted. I can't the distractions. focus. Yes, 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 yes. So let me go a different direction and talk about, you know, how do we know if the Holy Spirit has left the church, if, if the Holy Spirit has just removed his, his power from that church? Part of the answer would be 
Is there clear emotional engagement from the congregation? Is there a sense of connecting to the worship songs, a connection to the preacher? Is there a connection between the person sitting in the chairs or the pews and what's going on up front? Yep. That is part of the, the emotional engagement. But the other part is, is there fruit being produced within that church? Yep. Is that church seeing the Holy Spirit doing his work and the work that only he can do within their congregation? Are people coming to know Jesus? Are lives being changed? Is this church missional or is it just centered on itself? Yep. That's how we know more than the emotional part, because I think the emotional part is is valid, but is there fruit being produced by the Holy Spirit within and through that congregation in the lives of the people and yep. that neighborhood? I would look at it, if I could summarize what you're saying, are lives being changed? Yeah. And that doesn't mean thousands of people come to Christ every week. Right. That's not the point. The point is, is the Holy Spirit changing lives? Right. Is truth fundamentals of truth and the gospel being upheld yeah and are people actually emotionally engaged i god made emotions I yeah i keep coming back to this because this is huge people are like oh yeah our worship services are bland and dry and create no affect in our people that wow. is like so sad yeah that we can corporately organize and be bored you know yeah. and it's not boring and uh, so anyways I, I would look at like those three things and say that's a place to start it's not the final end all sure. be all but is truth upheld? Are people's lives being changed? And are people's affect and emotions being formed and shaped toward God? We could probably talk about this for days. I think it's a great question. Yeah. Wow. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us today. Please come back next time when we answer the question, what can I do to live a truly spirit-led life? Yeah.